Good morning, Mission View. How are you guys doing this morning? Good, good. Just a couple of things I want to talk to you about before we jump into uh, today's message. Um, last week, we um, had an affirmation of Pat Culpepper as an elder here at Mission View Church. I just wanted to relay and let you know that it was unanimous throughout the church, 100%, that uh, Pat Culpepper would come on to the elder board here at Mission View Church. So we're very excited about that. Um, uh, through um, the interview process that I went through to come here to be the lead pastor at Mission View Church, uh, Pat Culpepper um, kind of took a lead in that um, and was my first contact coming here to Mission View Church. And I could tell right away, in fact, to be honest with you, I, I didn't know he was at Mission View. I, I thought he worked for some firm that was helping Mission View. I mean, he was so professional and, and, and so just right up front and... Um, uh, it was probably into my second interview that I realized that, oh, wow, this guy goes to church at Mission View. What a, what a sharp guy. But, um, but anyways, I, I just want you to know that I'm extremely excited to have Pat be a part. And I, I think I can speak for the other elders that we are, are all very excited to have Pat uh, bring his giftedness to the elders and his heart and passion, his love for Jesus um, to the elders as well. So, Extremely excited about that. Um, another thing, um, do we have any veterans here today? Veterans, would you please stand where you're at? We would like to recognize you. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, we want you to know that uh, we value you, and we are so grateful for your service. Um, the sacrifices that you've made, your willingness to, to serve your country for our freedom, that we can come together today and worship our Lord and Savior. Um, we have that freedom today uh, because of the sacrifices that you've made, and uh, we are eternally grateful and thankful for that. Uh, so thank you very much. If you have your Bibles today, we're going to be in 1 John again, because we are working our way through the book of 1 John. And uh, man, what a great study this has been. I, every week, I just dive into the book of 1 John, and I am taken back by the love that God has for us, by this, this overwhelming sense of of care and protection and like this like guardianship that, that God has for us. I mean, as he's speaking through John here, I just hear this overwhelming sense that, that, that God loves us, that he, he wants the best, I mean, the, the absolute best for you and me. I hear it in, in words like beloved, uh, word like my children, he, these endearing terms that he uses for us. And, and as he, he points out um, these false teachers, really, First John is written to the church to, to really point out and, and combat Gnosticism. And, and, and John kind of defines Gnosticism or this uh, Antichrist spirit that, that we'll talk about today as, as people who try and, and convince us that, that Jesus wasn't who he said he was. That they, they either try and convince us that, that Jesus wasn't truly man, 
that he, he wasn't truly man. I mean, he was, he was a divine being, and he was, he was not really human. Or they try and convince us that, that he wasn't really God. He was, he was just some human with a, a higher understanding. See, they, they were denying the humanity of Christ and the deity of Christ. And as Christians, we have to hold tightly to the truth that, that Jesus was truly God and truly man. And we find amazing, amazing hope in those, those two truths. You see, as, as Jesus was fully man, he walked through this life as a person, as a, a real living human being. He had a mother. He had a father. He had cousins. He had family. He worked a job. He was a carpenter. He went to church. He experienced loss like you and I would experience loss. When Lazarus died, Jesus wept. He, he experienced betrayal like Brad was talking about. Someone closest to him betrayed him, stabbed him in the back, turned him over to people that wanted to kill him. Someone so close to him. So we, we find this, this amazing, and the truth that, that Jesus was, was truly man, we find this hope that the, the God we serve isn't some distant being up in the stars somewhere, completely disconnected from our suffering humanity. But he was a real person and experienced real emotions and had the hardships of life like, like you and I have. He's not distant in our suffering. He's not distant in our temptation. Jesus was tempted. And he showed us how to deal with temptation. He showed us how to deal with suffering. So in the humanity of Christ, we have this beautiful picture of a, a God that knows us. He doesn't just know us, but he, he understands our experiences. And in the deity of Christ, we see the power of God. Not only did he experience life as a human being, not only did he experience suffering and loss, but he has the power to, to just come in and, and help us through this life. He is truly God, all-powerful, all-knowing. He says, if you've seen me, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. So in this reality that Jesus Christ was truly man and truly God, we have we have some really important things, some really foundational things that help us walk through this life. That's why John's writing this, this book. It's like, don't, don't lose sight of this. There's, there's these false teachers, these antichrists that, that come in and they're going to try and trick you and they're going to they're gonna be really, really smooth about it. And they're going to say that, you know what? Jesus wasn't really this or Jesus wasn't really that or, or the Bible doesn't really say this. Or, or they'll say things like, did, did God really mean that when he said this? Does that sound familiar? 
It's the lie from the Garden of Eden. The serpent came to Eve. Did God really say, I mean, you would die if you ate that fruit? I mean, you know, what does dying really mean anyways, you know? You guys, they didn't even, they didn't know what that meant. They experienced what that was like. So John is, God is really, through John, getting to us that, to hold on to the truth that you've learned. Hold on to these things so tightly. Go to his word and, and, and write it on your hearts and memorize it and meditate on it so that, that when these false teachers come around, you're not going to be fooled. Weigh everything that you hear with this book. Everything I say, everything that you hear in podcasts, weigh it with this book. Is it true? Man, it's just... I loved, I loved to see what, what God is doing in this. That's, that's the kind of God that we serve. He loves us so much. So he wants to protect us and, and guard us and, from these things that try and sneak in on us. All right. John chapter 2. Have your Bibles. Go ahead and turn to John chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 18. It says this, Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out so that it might become plain that they all are not of us. This is really, really important. I just want to stop here because we got to point this out. The first, the program that you got in, you can fill in the blanks right there and follow along with me. The first one is this, that there are false teachers. There are false teachers. Now, the Bible talks about an antichrist that is coming. This, this antichrist is coming in the end during the time of tribulation. Now, this is more of a, a spirit of Antichrist, these false teachers. This is really what John is talking about, lying. These are people that are lying about the truth. Maybe taking a truth and, and putting some side notes into it. You know, the, you know, the enemy just likes to mix up a little bit of lies with a whole lot of truth, and it makes it sound really, really good. So this is, this is really what he's talking about. There are false teachers or Antichrists. There's some important facts John points out about these false teachers. He says that they were with us at one point. They went out from us. But they went out from us so that it may become clear that they were never a part of us. They never really believed what Jesus said. Have you ever experienced that in your life? Oh man, I know I have. Is it, this is, I think this is one of the, the hardest things about Christianity. You know, as we go through our journey with Christ, there, there are people that God uses to speak into us. So they speak truth into us and they speak hope into us. And, and I, I, love, I love to get on on my, my iPad or, or my iPhone or whatever and, and down download podcasts. And there are, there are certain teachers that I like to listen to over the years. You know, 15, 20 years ago, I was listening to a lot of different guys. And um, one of those guys that was, was kind of cutting edge, he was, he was kind of 
really artsy and creative. He created these videos that were, were just so artfully done. They, they, they were beautiful pictures and, and different things. And, and I mean, this guy was catching so much momentum. Churches all over the United States, all over the world actually, were like showing these videos on Sunday mornings that, that brought up really important questions about our faith. Now, they didn't really answer any of those questions, but they brought up some really good questions about our faith, and, and it gave preachers and teachers an opportunity to kind of bring answers from God's Word to these, these really important questions. And he wrote books, and, and, and this guy Rob Bell from Mars Hill in, in Michigan, I mean, he had all these really amazing things. And he, 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 he was under the flag of evangelicalism. Uh, he, he was... Uh, Orthodox, or he, he believed what the Bible said at first. And I remember getting books that, that people had told me about. I wasn't a huge Rob Bell fan, but I did enjoy the artwork and everything that he was doing with his videos. Then all of a sudden, he comes out with this book called Love Wins. And, and he says in this book that, well, there, there really isn't a hell. Okay, red flag, Okay. That's a huge red flag. There are like foundational, like pillar beliefs in Christianity. And one of those is that there is a real hell, eternal. And that those who, who don't believe in Jesus Christ and put their faith in the work of Christ for salvation, that's where they go. That, like, that's a real thing. That's foundational in the Christian faith. So anytime you hear somebody, you know, attack a, a foundational belief, no matter how, how popular they are, that is like huge, huge red flag. And he comes out with this book, Love Wins. And I, it just throws evangelicalism into this huge uproar. I mean, pastors all over the place who have shown his videos and recommended his books and, and done all this different stuff are like, oh my gosh, stop, stop. Everybody just stop. His next book comes out and it's another attack against the foundational belief of Christianity. He gets kicked out of his church, leaves the church altogether, now he's some motivational speaker on the Oprah Winfrey Network. This is a huge black eye to Christianity. And it's disheartening. You, know, the, you, you listen to these things and you hear these things and, and someone who seems to be like they've come, come from us. They're, they seem like they're a brother or sister in Christ. And you're like, oh, that was so good what they said. And man, I learned so much from this teaching. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. What he just said is the exact opposite of what Jesus said. Oh no. There are false teachers. This is, this is nothing new. This, is, this, is, this, is, this was going on hundreds of years ago, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And it will continue to go on. What we have to really grasp from this is, is we've got to hold tight. Hold tight to what Jesus teaches, what this book teaches us. We've got to know this stuff. Really, really have to know it. Now, 
what we can learn from this too is that someone can have a form of goodness without any form of godliness. You follow me on that? Someone can have a form of goodness without any form of godliness. This is exactly what John was talking about. There are going to be false teachers who try and convince you of things about Christ and Christianity that are not consistent with God's word. Here's another thing that we learn from this is that those who look like they're among us, but then they go out so that we would know they weren't really of us is, is they were never, they were never in relationship with Christ to begin with. Think about that. Think about what John is really saying here. These ones who went out from them are teachers, leaders. These, these aren't just, uh, you know, people that showed up you know, for two Sundays and then went out and started teaching. These are people who went out who were leaders and teachers. They had been a part of the church for a long time. You know what that means? That means that, that, that we, could, we can white knuckle righteous, righteousness for a long period of time. We can live with a form of goodness and say all kinds of biblical things and memorize all kinds of scripture and be able to quote all kinds of, of spiritual things. All the while, we are walking around and it just in our own strength, apart from the Holy Spirit, apart from God working in us, we can actually walk out goodness under the banner of being a Christian. And really have no relationship at all with God. We have to be on guard. We have to be on guard. We, we live in a day and age where back then, you know, to hear a, a false teacher, you have to go somewhere or find them. We live in a day and age today where we can, just, we can just grab our cell phone and we can just dial up a bunch of podcasts. We can listen to spiritual teachers on the radio. We can just turn on the TV. We've got Amazon Prime TV. We've got Netflix. We've got Hulu. We've got all kinds of stuff. We can just dial it up and we can listen to whoever we want to anytime we want to. 24-7, you have thousands and thousands of preachers and teachers and liars at your, we all have heresy at our fingertips 24 seven. This is, this is really, really dangerous. And I've seen it. I have seen it. Just over the years, I've had friends that, that love the Lord that love his word and, and want to hold true to, to what God's doing in their lives. And next thing I, I hear is like, I was on YouTube the other day and I, and I was watching this teacher and man, was he good. I mean, he just, he was really, really good. It sounded like he really knew what he was talking about. And he was saying that, that we really need to follow the Old Testament law. This is a true story. As someone who walked with Christ, loved the Lord. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what do you mean follow the Old Testament law? 
Are we going to start, are we sacrificing animals now? Oh, no, 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 that's not what he said. That's not one of the ones we're supposed to follow. But he was pointing out these other ones. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. That is a huge red flag. You know, the entire book of Galatians was written um, so that we would be set free from the law because we're under grace. And they're like, really? I'm like, oh, yeah, really. Study and read the book of Galatians. I mean, this... This, per, this person who really loved the Lord and was pursuing the Lord had started watching these YouTube videos and over, over just a matter of months of watching these videos was completely confused about Old Covenant, New Covenant, about grace and law and the difference, the freedom that we have that the whole New Testament talks about, they were completely confused about. It's just, it can happen like that. There are false teachers out there. We have to know the foundations, the, the pillars of our faith. Lock them into our hearts. You know, when the FBI trains um, uh, bank tellers and, and FBI agents to look for counterfeits, uh, they train them to look for those differences. They don't hand them a $100 bill and say, okay, memorize everything about this, this $100 bill. They say, no, here's a counterfeit $100 bill, and here's the four things wrong with it. So that they can spot those things immediately. We all know what a $100 bill looks like, don't we? Or if 20, for me, it's a $20 bill. <laughs> Oh, man. But we have to we, we be aware that FBI trains them just to see those, the differences. They wouldn't be able to see the differences unless they really, really knew what the original is like. We got to know what the original is. We have to write those things down, know those things. We live in a time where saying we believe the truth isn't enough. We have to know why we believe what we believe. We have to be able to open God's word and have conversations with people that have good questions regarding our faith. Just go talk to your kid's science teacher who spends more time with your kids than you do during the school year. Have a conversation with them about creation. Seriously. What are they saying? What do they believe? Are we willing to actually sit down and have good conversations about some of the, the foundational beliefs that we have? Do we know why we believe those things? Culture, the spiritual culture of the United States has completely shifted and completely changed. The foundational beliefs that we have in Christianity are going to be challenged every step of the way. And we have to be in his word enough to have educated conversations with those around us. If we're going to really reach the 200,000 people that God has out there for us to reach, we have to be ready and ready with the truth. Let's continue on in our text. Let's look right here in verse 20. But you have been anointed by the Holy One. I underlined that, that anointed by the Holy One. And you all have knowledge. Now, this is good. This is, I love this in 1 John. He's always pointing out who we are. 
all the time throughout this book. He's not questioning it. He's saying, here he goes, you have been anointed by the Holy One and you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. He's really saying, what he's saying is, remember sound teaching. That's the second fill-in in your notes today. Remember sound teaching. We need to remember the truth because we know it. God has made the truth known to us. We have been anointed by the Holy One. Look at verse 20. You have been anointed by the Holy One and have knowledge. Did you know that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you? That's right. One of the three persons of the Trinity, if you have put your faith in the work of Jesus Christ, you call him Lord and Savior, you've made him Lord of your life, the very Spirit of God lives inside of you. Just soak that in for just a second. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says this, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. We understand Scripture because the Holy Spirit illuminates the truth in our hearts. That's why this book makes sense to us. We are dependent on God to reveal truth. We cannot read our Bible or understand our Bible without God. The next time you pick up your Bible, remember that you are about to embark on a supernatural journey. That by opening this book, think, man, this is, we really have to lock this in and think about this. By opening this book and reading this word and understanding it and, and applying it and putting it into our hearts and into our lives, that is the very work of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Think about it. It is supernatural. It says people that don't have the Holy Spirit will open this book and be completely confused. It says folly or foolishness to them. So when we open up his word and, and we start reading about what Christ did and, and how he fed the 5,000 and, and how he healed those around him and how he recruited the disciples and, and how he, he loved those around him and how he, he loved us so much that he gave his only son for, that God gave his only son for us. We, we see the miracle of Christ's birth. We see the miracle of Christ's life. We see the miracle of Christ's death and resurrection. And it makes sense to us. And we can't, we're like, man, that is what I needed. Man, I was struggling in this life. And I, I went from day to day to day just messing up and I needed something and I, I found out I needed someone and it became real. It only becomes real because of God, because of the Holy Spirit who comes to us and changes us. And we can honestly say, we can honestly say in our lives, looking back at it, that 
man, I am not the Matt I was three years ago. I am not the Matt I was 15 years ago. And it's not because I'm a good person. It's because the very Spirit of God lives inside of me. And as I open his word and I come to church and I, I, I sing songs of praise to him, the Holy Spirit does a work that only he can do in our lives. We have the miracle of salvation, the saving grace of God. That is a work purely of the Holy Spirit. And then we have the changing work called sanctification. That is the amazing work of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives. This is no joke. The very creator of the universe wants to reveal himself to you in a supernatural understanding of his direct revelation through scripture into the depths of our hearts and minds that changes us forever. Kind of takes Bible reading to a whole nother level, doesn't it? You know, I've said this before, it actually takes practice. It takes practice. I, I remember when um, I used to open up God's word and I'd just start reading and I'd just read it. And I'm like, man, I, what did that mean? What's an Ebenezer? You know? What's transfiguration? But it, it didn't, there was, there was, I just, I was like, man, I'm really struggling with this. And I remember I'd sit down to read God's word and man, I'd, I'd be three minutes in be like looking around like, you know, what's next? It, it took practice. It just takes practice that I, that I would go into God's word, read his word. At first it was three to five minutes. Then it was 10 to 15 minutes. Then it was 20 to 30 minutes. Then it was 40 minutes. And there's been times where I've been sitting in my chair on on my, on my iPad, reading through the scriptures and reading commentaries. And my wife would be like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just reading. And I've been sitting there for three and a half hours. It takes practice and pouring out and pouring in to God's word to build and learn how, how to cultivate a relationship with God. Because that's what it's about. He's about relationship. You know, I was doing some studying, and this, this word anointed in the Greek is chrisma. It's, it's an unction or a covered or glazed. Not like a donut. That's what I thought about. It was like Krispy Kreme. But it's glazed like, like pottery. You know, you put the glaze on the pot after you've spun it. And then where does it go? It goes into the kiln, right? And it gets up to, I don't know how many degrees, but it's super, super hot in this thing. And next thing you know, it's, it's shiny and it's this different color. And it's this, this beautiful pot. Or, or if you're me, it's this obscure looking artwork that comes out. But it has this amazing glaze on it. And that glaze actually becomes a part of the pot. That's, that's what he's talking about. You have been glazed, not like a donut, but like pottery. His truth is a part of you. 
because his spirit lives in you. This is good stuff, isn't it? This is really, really good stuff. Let's move on. Verse 24. Let what you have heard from the beginning abide in you. Okay, this is another key word in our text today. Abide. Abide. Listen to how many times he uses it. If, you, if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing, the glazing, this is the, that you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him. It's a lot of abides, isn't it? There's a lot of abiding that needs to happen. And notice, notice the endearing phrase. And now, little children, I hope you hear God's heart in that. I hope you hear God's heart in that. Abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. This key word, abide. And John 15, 4 says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. The Greek word, meneto, for abide, means to stay, remain, or dwell, wait. Hold fast to or resting in. John is bringing us back to relationship. Why is this abiding so important that John would put it in here over and over and over and over again? I think it's like five times. I believe it's because this last point that you can fill in in your notes is this. Abiding brings obedience. Abiding brings obedience. If you love me, you will obey my commands, he says. I don't know where you're at in life. Maybe you're struggling. I don't know where you're at in your walk with Christ. Maybe there's something in your life that, that you've been trying to deal with, trying to fix. Maybe there's just this nagging fear. I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe you're doing fine, but it's just like your spiritual walk is kind of at a flat line. Abide. Abide in Him. You see, God knows that we are all in desperate need of him every minute of every day. I mean, he gives us this warning of false teachers and liars. Then he reminds us of the truth that he has made known to us through his Holy Spirit. But here is the punchline, the, the power. We all need to do what God calls us to do. And it's found in relationship. 
by abiding in him. And here's, here's the truth. You cannot come into contact with the creator of the universe and not be changed. You can't come into contact with the creator of the universe and walk away the same person that you were. We cannot know God and live the same. And I'm gonna, you're going to hear me say this phrase over and over and over again forever. God loves you too much to leave you the way you are. And praise God for it. That he's changing me and growing me. He's changing you and growing you because he loves you and he wants what's best for you. He wants what's best for you. And here's the thing. He knows what's best for us. He knows what's best for us. So what does all this mean for us today? We have the warning that there are false teachers. We have the encouragement to hold fast to sound teaching. And we have the how-to to abide in Christ. To live a life in relationship with the creator of the universe. To dwell with him. To rest in him. To spend that time with him. This is challenging. How much time a day do you spend with the Lord? How much time do we, do we spend in his word or, or listening and singing praise and worship music to him? Having those, those conversations with brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, how, how, how is your week going? You know, how's, how's your relationship with the Lord? How are things with your soul? How many conversations are we having like that? You know, over the past few weeks, we've been going to our community groups here at Mission View. My wife and I, we've been visiting all the different community groups. I think we're at like eight or so, somewhere around there. Let me just tell you, this is where the church is the church. Not right here, but in community groups. We have these groups of people that, that come together, brothers and sisters in Christ. And if we open up God's word. And we ask each other questions and we, we talk about what was talked about last Sunday or we talk about what's upcoming and we talk about life together. How's things going with your sister, you know? How, how did the surgery go for your, your dad last week? Any prayer requests today? That, and they, they go around and pray for one another. And man, it's a beautiful picture. Just read the book of Acts. It's a beautiful picture of the exact same thing they were doing then. We are still doing today. We, we have to, to put these things into practice and we need each other in order to do it and do it well. So if you're not in a community group, I just want to challenge you to consider, pray about joining a community group. Kelly Hansen would love to hook you up with a community group and get you connected. Well, church, we want to be a people who abide in Christ. Not just talk about him, but actually be in real relationship with him. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. What a challenging word from, from 1 John. Lord, teach us what it means to abide in you. God, that we would, would go deeper with you. We would spend more time with you. That we would rest more in you. 
that we would find our peace in you. And Lord, as we pursue you and we pursue relationship with you, God, I just lift up every person sitting here today. God, that they would have just encounters with you as they open up your word. Encounters with you as they're driving to work. Encounters with you as they have conversations with their brothers and sisters in Christ. And conversations with, with people that don't know you yet. God, that your still small voice would become a loud, booming voice to us, Father. Lord, your word says that your sheep know your voice. So God, make us sensitive to you, that we would walk in relationship with you, all for your glory, all for your kingdom, and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand as we sing our closing song this morning.